Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Going to do a couple of things at once. If you could turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And we are talking about a mother's hope today. And while you're turning there, just want to remind you that men's breakfast that is usually scheduled would be for this Saturday is going to be moved forward a week. That's all in your bulletin. The reason why is because we're having the lightest tea. And so I'll be serving some of the other guys to be serving at that. And if we drink any tea, we'll make sure the pinky's out. But we're here to love on you and serve all the ladies. All the information on that is in your bulletin. Say one thing with me. Say, I, I can, read. can read. Good. I'm glad. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Praise the Lord. There's plenty of stuff in there. Please read your bulletins and keep up to date with all that. going to read a verse of scripture and then we're going to have a competition. In fact, I want to explain the competition to you right now. I have baskets. Say baskets. baskets. And inside the baskets, I have blessings. Say blessings. blessings. The blessings are not for the dudes this morning. I know we live in a culture where nobody knows what they are anymore, but let me explain it to you. If you're not a lady, the blessing is not for you, okay? We're going to pass, <laughs> We're gonna pass the, the baskets back, and you'll have exactly one minute, and all you've got to do, if you're in your row and you're a lady, all you've got to do is make sure this basket makes it all the way to the back, and it's empty, Amen. That's all you got to do. So all the ladies in this room say amen. 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 And so I think the center section gets two baskets, though, because we want to be fair. There's more people in the center. So we'll do that, and you'll have exactly one minute to do it. Let's go to the scripture. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Where does peace begin? It begins with God. We want peace with people. We want peace with predicaments. What we really need is peace with God. And then everything else starts to fall in line. It says, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We should be boasting, church, but not in ourselves. We boast in our hope that we have in the glory of God, right? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. I want to talk about sufferings here. I want to talk about hope. See, Paul is saying that if you have a hope and you carry a hope and you carry that hope to term and you're pregnant with possibility and in the carrying that hope to term, you are going to someday birth hope. But when you birth hope, it will be birthed as faith. The difference between faith and hope is this. Hope is something for tomorrow. Faith is something for right now. Hebrews tells us, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. See, if I'm just hoping, that is always in tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow, but you're always a day away. You see, if I'm going to have faith, I'm going to have to believe in the now. And so my hope matures once it's carried to term and it's birthed as faith. But you're not done. You see, if you've got hope and it births as faith, you must then 
Watch this. You must then be willing to raise it, protect it, provide for it. The hope that you have in Jesus Christ is birthed in you. But you must be willing to do by faith in the now the things that will bring it to maturity and bring it to fruition. It starts out tiny, but it ends up, come on, big, right? So I want you to see, it says, because we know that the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. Every single lady that's ever been in that birthing room knows suffering. Okay, I've been there as well. Three times for each of my kids. Every single time I went off in tongues, I didn't know what to do. You know, all that Lamaze stuff, all the breathing techniques, you know. We had this little itty bitty knickknack called Moo Moo and, and Bita, and it was a cow with a bird on the top. And I kept putting it in my wife's face and saying, come on, honey, come on, honey, breathe, Moo Moo and Bita. And she's like, get that cow out of my face. She was persevering, right? It says that. She was building character, and that character was birthing hope. And then it says, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand this morning that you have so much for us to be living for. God, you want to show your goodness in our lifetime. You want to show us things that, God, we couldn't possibly imagine. But we first must be carrying, God, the hope that comes from the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Not hope in me, not hope in others, not hope in my job, not hope in the economy or my government. Hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as that is birthed out of us, God, into this world, May by faith we see deliverance in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Okay, so we're going to try this out. We'll see how good you are. I'm going to put this all the way in the front pew. Listen, all you got to do is one lady, not any men. If I see a dude doing this, it's over. Your team loses. I'm going to put it on the front pew. This is filled with blessing in a basket. You want to make it all the way to the back for the ladies. There's two here for the middle. All right? And you want to do it in exactly one minute. Stand at your feet. Would you church if you're female? <laughs> if you don't know, I ain't helping you with that. Ready the video, please. As soon as the video starts, ready? On your marks, get set, go. Go. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on, do it. It's got to be empty, church. It's got to be empty. Send it back this way if it's not empty. It's empty? That's okay. We've got a winner. Everybody give it up for A section. Amen. It's okay. Praise the name of Jesus. Woo! You did it. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> did anybody get any candy at all? Yeah. Cool, did you get a Reese's cup? Yeah. Awesome, that's great, that's great. Did anybody, 
good, you're loaded. Awesome. Because I don't want to take any of it home. Well, I kind of do, but I kind of do. So I want to talk to you. Yes, ma'am. I want to talk to you about blessing in a basket here and how hope floats. We think about this and we go back to a little place in the Bible called Exodus chapter 2. And we see that Moses is the hope of a woman by the name of Jochebed. Now, there's a J put on it later for our English language as the Bible was translated in Germany to Jochebed. So maybe that's the way you've heard it taught in the past. But her name in Hebrew is Jochebed. There are two parts to that name. The first one is Yah for Yahweh, means God. The last one is Kabad or Kabed, means glory. All right? So God is glory. We just read in the scriptures this morning that when we go through tough times, perseverance, let us glory in our hope in God. The idea of her life was to persevere no matter what circumstances she was going through as a mom. And I want to take you into some of that this morning if I could. You see, there was a brand new king or pharaoh that uh, had arisen in Egypt. He did not know Joseph, the Bible says, and did not know what God was doing through Joseph in Egypt. And so he decided that the firstborn males, this is a moment in, in time in biblical history we call the murder of the innocents. Same thing happened when Jesus was born, by the way. Jesus was a deliverer, and so was Moses. So he decided that the firstborn male should die. He sent out an edict for all of the firstborn males to die. That is a terrible thing. And yet we live in a culture today when abortion is no different. We live in a time today where people are murdering the innocents. If you're looking for a church that is politically correct, this ain't it. Okay, we love life. We love children here. Amen. Don't shout me down, man. I guess I'm by myself. It is Mother's Day. But here's the deal. The edict went out, and as a result of that, Jacobed discovered she was pregnant. She was not only pregnant, but she had learned prophetically, this is coming from the Midrash, that she was to give birth to a male son. That's bad news. That's really bad news. But the Bible says that her and her husband were not afraid. They weren't afraid of the edict at all. I think that's awesome. I want to tell you this morning, you could either live your life as a mother in faith or fear. You must decide right now because you're going to hear all types of edicts. You're going to hear all types of reports from this world. And you must decide today, are you going to believe the report of the Lord or are you going to believe what they're saying from the world? I want to believe the report of the Lord. They weren't afraid. In fact, what Jacobed did, along with Miriam, her daughter, who would be at 15 at this moment in time, decided to weave a basket. Come on. Right? And decided to put the little baby who is not named yet, very important, to put that little baby in a basket and float him down the Nile River. Now, we don't have perspective of that here, how big and how dangerous the Nile could be. But let me just tell you that it is this. It is about 1,800 miles long, and it's 1.5 miles wide. And it's full of crockies. You know, not what you're wearing on your feet with socks this morning. Not crocs with socks. I'm talking about crocodiles. 
Her idea and her plan was to take her baby boy in the midst of all of this tumultuous activity and weave a basket, put him in a basket, and float him down the Nile. In putting him in the basket, he ends up, the Bible calls it an ark, and I think that's very interesting. All right, very interesting. The Bible calls it an ark, and the ark landed in the bulrushes. These are very, very large weeds that grow up out of the Nile. She, the, the basket stopped at a very particular place where a young woman who would be Pharaoh's daughter. Now, her actual name is, is a bit of a tongue twister. It's Hat Shep Sut. All right, don't say that 20 times, at least not in church. <laughs> Hat Shep Sut. She was down by the river and discovered this basket. Now, I want to ask you, was there any plan involved in this? She was there bathing. Do you think for a minute that Jacobed knew exactly when Hat, Ship, Sut would bathe? Yes, she did. Do you think for a minute, for a minute, that this was all a coincidence? Let me tell you this morning, nothing is coincidental with God. When you follow God's word and you're obedient to God's word and you trust by faith on the hope that he has birthed inside of you, it will produce what his word has said it will produce. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the little, the little basket, the little ark shows up in just the right spot for her to look down. Now, she is with child, she's had a child rather, and it's a daughter, but she can no longer have children. At that time, it is a disgrace to not have a son. I don't know why I have one son and all he ever did was eat me out of my ho-hos, ding-dongs, and Twinkies. My two daughters didn't touch my stash, but anyway. Anyway, love you, son, God bless you. But, but anyway, here's the deal, there was a moment where she wanted to redeem herself because someday she would be queen. She would have no legacy unless she had a son. In that moment, she adopts the baby, takes the baby in. And in that moment, that little baby is saved. Now, her name is very interesting because in Egyptian vernacular, her name means this, the best of the kingship. She is the very, very best of all of those who would be royalty. That's what her name means. In other words, she was the perfect mom. We don't know anything about that in this culture today, where there is an image placed before people that says you must work 60 hours a week, right? Keep your house absolutely spotless without anything. I mean, the president could show up to your house at any moment and not be able to find dust anywhere. Every meal you cook must be perfect. Come on, church. I'm all alone in this, man. I'm telling you, every little thing you say to your, you must look perfect when you go out into the world and into society. All of your kids follow you around like little ducks in a row. Everybody's just perfect, right? No. You have a minivan, and if anybody had a microphone inside that minivan and could record... What happens just on a trip to church this morning? My Lanta. It would have been total chaos until you hit the church doors, and then it's like, hello, hi, good morning, how are you? 
<laughs> Meanwhile, you're trying to drive and, yeah, you've thrown your back out, but nobody will know that. Nobody will know that because you're the perfect mom. I want you to see how God used it anyway. How this wasn't God's plan to bring about an image of how a mother should be. God's plan was to bring about an on how his son, Jesus Christ, would be. And that image is shown through Moses. I'm going to teach you a couple more things, leave you with some points, and then we'll pray. Here's the deal. He begins to grow. The Bible says that the, the boy grew. And as he grew, Hat, Shep, Soot came along and said, You need a name, young man. The name that she gives him is Moshi. Moshi means drawn out of the water. Now, to Hebrew people, this is important because when you're given a name, you begin to live prophetically into that name. The rest of your life lines up, and he would have a long one. The rest of your life lines up with that prophetic thing that has been spoken over you. This is an Egyptian unbeliever, pagan woman. How do we know that she's going to get this right? Stop for a minute, church. Think about it. How many circumstances have you gone through as a parent? How many issues have you seen as a parent in raising your children where it looked like all of the circumstances in the world were taking your place? How would you feel if your boy had been saved and yet someone else gets to name him? Oh, I see. You've never had a baby. What am I talking about when I say baby? I'm talking about you've never had an idea like a business. You've never had an idea before like a ministry. You've never had an idea before like where you wanted to live or what kind of house you wanted to buy. You see, all of those things are my baby, right? And I, I get to name my baby. I get to control and direct my baby until your baby grows up and goes to school. Until your baby grows up and decides where they're going to work and where they're going to live. Many people start out that way in ministry. They say, this ministry, I birthed it, I carried it, it's my baby. Until the room gets filled with people who are supposed to receive from that ministry. Come on. And then guess what? Other people get to be included in, oh baby. Come on. You get things from God and then the world says, I have a different idea. What do you do when your child grows up and does not grow up the way that you thought they would? And that's everybody in this room. If you've had children or if you've ever had an idea of something that was birthed inside of you and by the time it was birthed and came out into this world, it got renamed. How do we know that she's going to get it right? And yet in the scriptures... We know that God got to get it right. You see, God used an Egyptian pagan unbeliever to name Moses, Moshe. And what would Moses do? Stay with me. He would deliver God's people through the water. Come on, church. He would exactly do what he had been called to do. And I love that the scriptures never say that she got, Jochebed got into an argument with Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to name him, I do. You see, if she would have, in that moment, tried to continue to control the situation, she would have missed out in what God was doing in his life. Can I just tell you with full 100% assurance this morning 
that what God has planned for your life, for your children's life, for your grandchildren's life, God will bring about. God, God will do it. And he'll use some of the craziest methods. <laughs> he can handle the circumstances. Can you? Can you be hands off with your baby? Come on. Couple of ideas here. And we'll, uh, we'll get through this and, and pray. Number one. And Jacoped would probably tell you. She'd probably give you this idea today. She'd give you this advice at least. Hope at first is carried and it's hidden. At first, hope is carried and it's hidden. Hope at first stretches you. Hope at first is something you carry that nobody else knows about. It doesn't make a dent in your life until later. Every person in this room has carried some hope, but not every person in this room has seen their hope come to maturity. You see, for Jacobed, she was one among many women Many women had carried hope and then seen their dream die. Yet it was Jochebed who decided in that moment we will not be afraid. <laughs> we're going to let our hope be birthed into faith. And in this moment, we're going to do something with hope. We're going to step forward. We're going to believe God. And even if it's a weave in a basket, you say, Pastor, I don't have a lot of skills. Let me tell you something. Can you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Hello. That's what helped win World War II. We sent our troops there for, for, a, for a long... And by the way, I want to tell you something. I can eat me some peanut butter and jelly. You want to... Pastor, that's all I can do. Hey, listen, make me a few. Bless me, man. Come on. It, it, if that's a simple... Th look, look, she took what she could... She took some reeds together. She, she could make a basket. She was a basket weaver. And the faith that she applied to it saved her son. Amen? And in the saving of her son, she released it. Number two... Hope becomes faith when you act on the word, regardless of your circumstances. You need to act on it. It has to go from being just hoping in the future to believing in the now. The Bible says that this basket was really an ark. I want you to think about this for a second. The Bible intentionally uses the word ark because we see that in the life of Noah, he had to have some incredible faith too. Before the world would be covered in water, he had to build a boat. Can I just tell you that we're all here today because Noah built a boat in a place where it had never rained? Hello? If you're looking for affirmation to come from the world, it will never come. You get it from God and God alone. And sometimes even as a mom, you're going to have to hear God and God alone. I'll give you one example, uh, something my wife did. And listen, you're going to hear this with the correct ears, all right? My, the Lord spoke to my wife about homeschooling our children. This is not because we're against school. Uh, completely the opposite. I've, I've substitute taught in nearly every place I've, I've been. All about that, okay? But somehow God knew that we would go to a, a couple of different places, right? And so my kids needed to learn at home. And my wife and I, we were just kids. We were just, uh, I was 20 when we had our first kid. I was 20 years old. I'm not advocating that this, today. That's just insane. Okay, but at the time, that's what was going on. So, so it, it was nuts, man. <laughs> but, but here's the We made it. Hallelujah. We made it. So, so anyway, the Lord spoke to her and said, you're going to homeschool. And everybody around us was just like, no, 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 no. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make... But what has God said? Yep. 
What has God said to you? Well, you know, I'll just, uh, uh, you know, I'll check a few friends. I'm not talking about what the friends are saying. Can I tell you, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. And he'll tell you what you need to do, man. Get a word from the Lord. Come on. And so, so, so she did. And by faith, you know, we weren't educators, right? I, I hadn't even finished my bachelor's degree yet. You know, uh, for, for me to, uh, it, when it would, we made, when we went, went through math, I absolutely, you want to talk about faith? I absolutely had a coming to Christ moment just in remedial math. Okay. But we, we did it. What is God saying to do? What has God told you to do? Come on, man, put faith to it. Put, put uh, feet to your faith. Do it God's way. Stop thinking about your own ability alone and your own talent and thinking it's too small or insignificant for God to use. Noah didn't know how to build boats. Nobody had ever built a boat before. He didn't have any clue of how to build a boat. People didn't have boats for stuff back then, right? But guess what? We needed a big boat. And God said, you're going to build one. Well, if God has said it, God will ordain it. God will supply it. God will take care of you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Number three, hope requires that you prayerfully plan the work and then work the plan. Uh, the Bible does say that she, she had three months. She planned. She planned. Can I, can I just tell you that God is not against planning? Uh, in Proverbs, I believe it, Proverbs 19, it says, it says this, many are the plans of a man's heart, but, but it's God that brings about them all it doesn't say don't plan it just says just know that god will take your plan maybe modify it some yeah. it's god that's going to bring it about not you so so planning is good can, can can i just help you out with something budgets are good that's a plan that's a plan um going to pre-marriage counseling before you get married that's good that's a plan right so many people go well we got the wedding plan but we don't know how to be married and listen, there's no real good book on that besides the Bible. And you need to sit down with somebody. You need to get a plan. Planning's okay. Just know that it's going to be God that brings everything about. And it's God's purpose that prevails. And so begin with the end of mind. Be a planner. Know that God wants you to plan. But submit all your plans to the Lord. Do you think that Yaakovid's plan was just to fashion a basket? You think it was just to make a basket, put her baby in it, and throw him down the river and just see what happens like a roll of the dice? Listen, this isn't about luck. Luck is the root word of Lucifer. It, look up that word luck. It, look up the definition of luck. God doesn't, Einstein said, God doesn't play dice. Come on. All right? It, it's not about luck. Her, her plan was far beyond that. She knew that uh, Pharaoh's daughter would bathe there. She knew that Pharaoh's daughter needed a son. And, and if you think about it in the rest of the scripture, guess what? Um, the boy is going to need a nursemaid. And guess who gets to be the nursemaid? Do you know this story or not? Do I have to help you, church? It, it, it's Moses' mom, Yaakovet. She gets to be the nursemaid. She gets to come in. And by the way, did you know she got paid for it too? Come on. She got paid for it. She got blessed for it. Do you know that her son got the best education in Egypt? Come on, somebody. Come on. Do you know that God was working all of this together? All she had to do is just be humble. You know, you can have a plan, but it's God's purpose.